So we're, as my wife said, we're concluding our message on an overcoming spirit. And um, I really encourage you to, to take the time to, to go back and listen to the messages and the scriptures and the things that we've talked about because it's a very important message about knowing who you are and whose you are and what you have internally that you can overcome anything and any obstacle or, or any situation that you face in life. I don't care what it is. And help other people to do the same thing. Um, in 1 Timothy 6, one of our foundational scriptures, verse 12, I want to read it again. It says, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. He said, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. We've been talking about that there is a fight out there. And, you know, some people might read that scripture and hear about a fight. And, and I mean, that's all they heard is, let's go fight. And they go out and get in a fight with people and, you know, ha have an attitude or whatever. But he said, fight the good fight of faith. And in 1 Peter, we read this verse of Scripture, or these two verses of Scripture, 1 Peter 5 and 8, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, so we have an adversary, and, and it's the devil, but the Scripture doesn't tell us to fight our adversary, the, the Scripture says, fight the fight of faith. In other words, develop a life of faith so you have something to fight with. He said, be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But what do we do? We resist him steadfast in the faith. Steadfast in the faith that we're developing day to day. So we have the ability, the power, and the wherewithal to resist the devil, our adversary, because we're in the fight. To be in the fight means you're going to do whatever it takes to understand what it means to be in the fight. Hmm. Whatever it takes. Well, you know, Pastor, I'm just not sure. I, okay, maybe you're not sure. But I don't know about you, but when I'm not sure about something, I'm going to do what it takes to understand it. And where this is concerned and what I'm talking about living a life with an overcoming spirit. The, the overcomer lives inside of me. So, my human spirit that's connected to the Holy Spirit is, is already in position to overcome. I just have to choose to receive it. So, we have an adversary. We realize what he's looking for is people that aren't in faith. He prowls about like a roaring lion seeking somebody that he can devour. People that are resisting Him, He doesn't devour. Because my resistance is in the name of Jesus, and He knows that name. And that name defeated Him, and He, he bows and runs and turns tail and runs in terror of that name. So the devil's prowling about like a lion. He's not a lion, but he's like one, looking for people that are not in the fight. They're not in faith. 
people that won't resist him with things that he comes and brings. So today, I want to look at another passage found in Ephesians 6. And I want to just spend a little bit of time on this. In Ephesians 6, and I want to start with verse 10. He said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the the New King James word is wiles of the devil. Well, we don't use the word wiles in Texas, you know. Most people don't. So, We've got to understand what that word is. And I'm just telling you, I've done some study on this one word. I, I, I mean, through the years I've, I've studied this word, but it's hard to get a real definite definition of this word, wiles. And when you look at this word in the, in the Greek... It, it means something, but when you, when you go to the, the root word, the Hebrew word, wiles, it means something a little bit more. And I'm not going to spend time on all that I have looked at and, and researched in the word, but this is the one word that's come to me about this word wiles, and it's the word lies. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you're able to stand against the lies of the devil. Now, the one thing that the devil is really good at is lying. He's not a a kind of an average liar, you know? He's not just a white lie kind of a person. It's all he does is lie. Put on the whole armor of God that you're able to know what are the lies of the devil. What are we talking about? An overcoming spirit. When you're paying attention and listening and focusing on the lies of the devil... You're not overcoming. And we've got to be able to discern the difference. And, and I want to I read the rest of this passage down to verse 18, and then I want to come back and just focus on that a little bit longer. For he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's the, flesh and blood is not the problem. That's not the fight. He said, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Now, just a minute ago, he said, put on the whole armor of God that you can understand the lies of the devil. Here he says, take up the whole armor of God that you've put on, Take up the whole armor of God that you're able to withstand in the evil day. And which day is the evil day? It's any day. 
Any day on planet earth is a day full of evil. In my world, it's a day full of good. How about you? Amen. But out there, it's a day full of evil. So he said, so that in the evil day, having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you're able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one, and the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So, an overcoming spirit... I'm going to break this passage down and say it in a number of ways. An overcoming spirit comes from believing in what and who you pray for. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person accomplishes much. A person who believes that what they say is going to come to pass. So, an overcoming spirit comes from praying for others. And it shuts down the lies of the enemy telling us that our prayers are not effective. But it also shuts down the lies of the enemy telling us things about ourselves. Because people that don't believe in what they say are people that don't believe in themselves. They don't believe that you are God's masterpiece. I am, you are, we are, the Bible says, we are His masterpiece. He created us for Him. He, he, we're the apple of His eye. We're everything to Him. People that don't believe that don't have an overcoming spirit because they don't pray for others. They're constantly trying to figure life out from their own perspective. And it doesn't work. People with an overcoming spirit have the armor of God in place. There's a shield of faith. Is that an offensive weapon? I mean, in most cases, you don't see a soldier taking a shield of faith and beating it over somebody's head. Right? No. It's to quench every fiery dart of the wicked. In most cases, you don't see a soldier beating somebody up with his helmet. The helmet represents... You and I having the mind of Christ and thinking the thoughts of God and knowing who we are in God. Listen to me. This is a profound statement today. If you've ever read these passages before in in Ephesians 6, 
your daily routine develops the defensive pieces of the armor of God. Your daily routine develops the defensive pieces of the armor of God. Your feet shod, your breastplate of righteousness, your understanding of the helmet of salvation. And when your defensive pieces of the armor are in place because of the Word of God, now you're able to wield the sword of the Spirit, the two-edged sword of the Spirit, not on other people, but on the principalities and the powers, the rulers of the darkness. Amen? Then you're effectively able to pray for other people and things happen. Why? Because your defensive pieces are in place and you're able daily to overcome the constant attack of the enemy against your soul. He's looking for a way in. When your breastplate of righteousness is not intact, he's trying to convince you Man, that thing you did, that, that, that makes you unrighteous. No, wait, wait. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. No, no, no. That, that, that mistake I made, I've repented. I, I, I'm not, you know, none of the parts of the armor that are in place are there to empower us to do, to, to sin, to do contrary to the Word of God. It empowers us to be in a position to be on the offense constantly praying for others. I'm telling you, you get free in your life. You want to shut the enemy down? Go minister life to somebody else. You shut him down. I mean, like that. When you're trying to protect yourself and protect what you're doing, your, your, your helmet is not in place. You're trying to kind of wheel a sword, you know, and you're going to stick a few people along the way because you're mad at what they're doing. That's not your battle. Flesh and blood is not your battle. When we learn that, then we win on the planet. Listen to me. Everybody just look around and see the people that are sitting here. Look all the way. Everybody look around and see everybody that's sitting here. Just look around, see a few people. You know what? This group of people right here, if we believe what I'm telling you today, we can win the whole planet. <laughs> Listen. Certain cities were one with two people in the Bible. Whole city was one. It doesn't take the masses, it takes people that are in the fight, know who they are, and living in an overcoming place and position all the time. All the time. I'm going to say it again. Your daily confession of the Word of God helps to put the defensive pieces of the armor in place so that you are so effective with the sword of the Spirit. Sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. And what did it say? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication 
for all the saints. Now, hopefully you get this and you don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But I'm telling you right now, the Ukraine, it's well with them. Because I pray for them. I've prayed for them for the last five years. Every day and never missed. I've prayed for the country, for the church there, for the children there. Ha! No, they're not losing. They're not being overtaken. It's well with that country because I pray. And, and I, I'm not praying against... I, I, my, my prayers are not directed at people or other nations or, or, or people in government or anything. My prayers are from the Word of God, and the angels of God heed the voice of the Word of God as it goes forth out of my mouth. And everything I say does not return void, but it accomplishes what I've set it out to accomplish. See, we're, when, when we live this life, we're way ahead of the game. So when things happen, and we've already done it, we're way ahead of the game. That's why we got to believe this. And it's the lies of the enemy that have been lying since day one. Second Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3 says this. Paul says, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, his lying. He said, I fear, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that the way the enemy deceived Eve by his lying, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ Jesus. So, I want to read the first six verses in the New Living Translation. I want to read the first six verses of Genesis 3. And let's look at how he deceived her. And, I want, and, and what I'm saying is, we're talking about having an overcoming spirit. But it's these lies, these decept, this deception. Um, other synonyms of the word wiles, lies tactics, and evil strategies. And that's what he had in that passage that I read in 2 Corinthians there concerning Eve. He went after her. And here's the story of how he went after her. I'm reading this in the New Living. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say to you, you must not eat the fruit 
of the trees in the garden? She said, of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. I heard somebody say one time, you know, I think there was just something special about that tree. You think God made anything in the garden that wasn't special? It was just another tree. Maybe a different fruit, you know. People talk about the apple. Who knows what it was? But watch this. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you'll die. And the serpent said, no, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows. Now, this is, this is the liar talking to this woman in place of God. This is the liar telling her something. Same liar that lies to you. This is what he said to her. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. She was already like God. Knowing both good and evil. See, the problem with that is she didn't need to know evil. You and I didn't need to know evil. But because of her choice, then the good and evil thing started and it's still here today. We don't need to know evil. I'm just telling you, you don't need to to resource yourself with evil. You just stay focused on good and good will happen. That's the way he set it up from the beginning. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. The woman was convinced. The woman was convinced. The woman was convinced. And ever since that day, at that moment, we've had to, because of the grace of God, thank God that we can, we've had to renew our minds from these lies and become convinced. As Paul said in Romans chapter 8, I'm convinced that neither death nor life, angels nor principalities, Things present, things to come, nor any other created thing is able to separate me from the love of God. Paul said, I'm convinced. Right here, as a result of these lies, she became convinced. Now watch this. She saw that the tree was beautiful. Now why would God keep something beautiful from me? He just said, don't eat it. 
Don't touch it. Don't eat it. Don't do nothing. I mean, you got the rest of the garden, all the trees. You got everything. Everything. Just don't touch that. And here he comes to tell her this is the way it is. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. What about the other trees? And you know what you might say? Well, that was pretty stupid. Do you know how many stupid things that all of humanity has done ever since then? Because of the choice she made. And yet, now, on this side of the cross, we can stop these stupid things. We don't have to take the bait of the lies that the enemy brings trying to tell us that something is a certain way when it's not. And there are many things in the natural that look and appear to be a a certain way. They're not that way. And you and I have to have the discernment from God to know the difference. That's that overcoming spirit. When I have a daily routine, and I develop that, and all the parts of the armor are in place because of the word that I believe, then the decisions that I make and the words that I speak and what I'm believing for comes to pass because I believe it. She, she believed a lie. God's challenging us to expose every lie in our lives through the power of His Word. By the way, I'm just telling you to do that. And be convinced that what He's promised, He's able to do it. What He's promised, He's able to perform it. Can you say amen? She saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom that it would give her. She wanted the wisdom. He said it would make her wise. She wanted the wisdom that it would bring. And God said, you eat this, you die. You eat the fruit, you die. You eat it, you die. You eat it, you die. And she's convinced If I eat this, I'm going to have wisdom and I'm going to be like God. When she was already like God. Already like God. You know what it says to me today? My encouragement to you about this? You know what it says? There's not anything out there that can make you into, make you better or make you become something that you think you want to be. It's only Him. And Him is His Word. Only His Word. Only the seed of the Word. Only a daily routine and a development of a daily routine that places the armor in in certain places and, and they're intact makes us wielding the sword of the Spirit effective. Because when the other things are not intact and your mind's struggling and you're not believing and you're in doubt and unbelief, Man, you're poking things and people and situations and nothing's happening. You don't have to poke with this sword. It's a two-edged sword. You just place it out there and you just kind of go, whew, 
amazing the results that the Word of God will bring when we have everything in place, when we give no place to the lies of the enemy. And it said, then she gave some to that dumb husband of hers. And he ate it too. We don't have to eat it. We don't have to give into it. We don't have to believe the lies. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the ability to discern what's right and what's not right. I have the breastplate of righteousness intact so I know what's right in every situation. Man, I have the peace of God that rules over my heart and mind because the peace is in place because of the Word of God and on and on and on. And when those things are in place, then I find that I'm in the battle of faith, not a battle against people. Not warring against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And so my prayers are producing and affecting things all over the nation. God wants us, we have to be a people and a church that know how to pray and how to get results. And if not, then we're just going through the motions. Because I'm telling you today, prayer, the right kind of prayer, is everything. It's everything. He said in that passage in Ephesians, he said, all of that with the, with the armor of God in place and the sword of the Spirit is to do, is for praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and being watchful for all people. The will of God in 1 Thessalonians 5, there's three things that is the will of God. Pray always. Pray, uh, uh, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in all things give thanks. So this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Praying always. That doesn't mean 24-7. That just means having a mindset of prayer and what that really is, what it really looks like. I've got to understand it and live in it every day. It's not, it's not a laboring thing. It's something that I have to learn to do, and I have to learn to be diligent at it and just not stop. How, how do you become diligent in anything else? You just don't quit. You just keep doing it until it becomes a pattern and a way of life. Prayer is no different than the prayer that we're talking about. It's no different. But I'm telling you, when the parts of the armor are in place and you're wielding a sword, I'm telling you the principalities and powers have no place over your home, over the church, over our city, over our county, our state, our nation, or the planet. I mean, I feel like internally that when the Ukraine was attacked, that was like, that's one of my, that's one of, that part of my, the country I'm from or something. The people. I mean, I love the people. I just love the culture, the, everything about them. I mean, it's just, they're, they're passionate people, and they have a love for God. The people that I know there have a true love for God. And I'm telling you, that nation can't go down because I pray. Listen, if you don't have that type of thinking, 
If that seems prideful to you, you have to get to the bottom of that. You've got to understand it. Because if you're in pride about something, get rid of the pride. But let's be confident. Eve was convinced of the lie. The Apostle Paul was convinced of the faith. Time and time and time again, he used that word. I am convinced that nothing will separate me from the love of God. I'm convinced that the Word of God works no matter what, no matter the situation. I'm convinced of it. You and I have to become and be convinced no matter what. Can you say amen to that? And I want to end with this today. There's one thing to know it, and there's another thing to possess it. There's a long story. I'd encourage you to go read the story. Uh, You can find it in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. You can find it in where this passage here. I'm going to. I'm just going to read one verse Um, in Deuteronomy 1, Deuteronomy 2. You can see all the things you know that are mentioned about what God had promised about the promised land, and. um, in Deuteronomy 1.8, it says this. <clears throat> See, I have, this is Moses telling the children of Israel on, on the side of the Jordan before they crossed over. He said this to them. See, I have set the, hand, I, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham and Isaac and to Jacob. To give to, it, to give to them and their descendants after them. That which was a natural land is now a spiritual land for us. The land of promise is everything that the Word says. That's my promised land. What He promised to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Abraham our father of faith, as he believed God and had faith, we're to have faith the same way. But we're to go in now. We know what is ours, but we've got to possess it. The word possess means to seize, to take control of, to take into one's possession. To possess is to seize, to take control of take into one's possession. One of the things that I've never, all all my born-again life, I I was born again two months before I turned 18 years old. And all my life, all my born-again life for 45 years now. I have blindly chosen to believe the Word even when I don't understand it. Many people that I know personally, I don't know other people, I'm talking about people that I know personally. They're lying to themselves saying that they believe, but internally their head is screaming out, telling them there's no way. It's because they're focused on the lies of the enemy. 
all my 45 years of salvation, I have never one time looked at God like something was wrong with Him about what hadn't manifested in my life. Not one time. I can tell you today. My wife will tell you that. She's the same way. We've never looked at it like that. Never questioned God. I mean, I mean, there have been days when it's like, you know, am I doing something wrong? Is there this? Or what, 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 what do I need to know about something? But I have to get rid of that really quick because if you focus too much on what you think is wrong, instead of staying focused on Him, it'll take you down. But I've never questioned God in 45 years. Never. I believe the Word. I believe that the Word is true until I believe it for myself. Even when I don't understand it, even when it doesn't seem like it's not working, I believe the Word. I've always been that person. I'll always be that person. I'll never change from that. And today in my my own personal life, I have learned after 45 years, all along the way at different levels, how to possess. And I am possessing righteousness. I am possessing peace. I am possessing healing and health. I am possessing prosperity. I am possessing being delivered from all darkness in my soul. I'm, I am possessing that. I'm going after it. I'm seizing it. I'm taking, it, taking control of it, and I'm taking it into my own personal possession. It's mine. Taking ownership of it. It all belongs to Him, but He gave it to me. Another definition of possess is to enter into and control firmly. To enter into and control firmly. The last word about possessing is to dominate. (laughs) I mean, there's some powerful words right there. And what Moses told the children of Israel, you go read all in Deuteronomy and Numbers and so much of what has to do with the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and going into the promised land and their difficulties and everything about it, you go and read it. What Moses was telling, look, yeah, there's giants there. Yeah, there's difficulties there. Yeah, there's stuff there. But God didn't tell you to go spy the land out and decide whether you could take it. He said, go look at the land I've already given you. So the land that we're in today, the lives that we live today, God's already given us everything. He's already done everything for us. Now we have to learn to possess that. Say this after me. It's mine. All that is His, it's mine. All that's God's is mine. How about you? All of it. But we have to possess it. We have to expose the lies of the enemy, him telling us we can't have it, we can't possess things, the lies of the enemy telling us that people are the problem, it's people in their situation and their attitude and everything. we got to get out of our minds and get into our spirit, man. And if you won't do that, it won't work for you. You can hear me teach, and you can hear this, and go back and listen to all these messages, but if you choose not to do anything with it, it won't work for you. We have to possess it. We 
have to seize it. We have to make it our own. In the name of Jesus. To live this life with an overcoming spirit constantly. Living from one overcoming experience to the next. Not dragging our feet. Well, you know, barely get along and barely this and barely make it and hope hope so and this. and I mean, just changing our vocabulary on a day-to-day basis. That's why your daily routine is so vitally important. But I really encourage you to go back and, and read through those verses of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 6 and look at the parts of the armor that when they're intact, it's because you're intact with a daily routine. You know, I had somebody ask me a while back about their daily routine and kind of the struggle that they were having with it. Well, you should be struggling with it. You should have some struggles keeping it and staying with it, right? Because if there, were, if there was no, if the enemy, if it wasn't a threat to the enemy's camp and his kingdom and what he's doing, then, then he'd, just, he'd back off and let people just have it. But he constantly bringing the lies and the discouragement, trying to keep you away from that. I'm just telling you today, that daily routine is more important than you walking out of the house with your clothes on. You say, well, that'd be kind of scary. (laughs) It might be scary, but I'm telling you this is more important. I'm just saying, you can't live without it. I don't, we, we will not live our lives using the sword of the Spirit putting declarations and, and faith statements out there where faith is really not backing it up because all these other parts are out of whack. We've got to clean it up. We've got to know up here who we are. We've got to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We've got to have the breastplate where it needs to be. You understand? We have our loins girt with truth. We've got to have the shield of faith intact. In, in Every fiery dart every flaming missile of the evil one coming to, to lie to us in our soul. Every flaming missile. So that the sword of the Spirit can be used in the right way to see people's lives delivered and set free. And our lives delivered and set free in the right way. Not against people but against the enemy by faith in God. Can you say amen to that?